good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, didn't cut again. Because all the hippies are trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanjahade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Ogama, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. Hey, uh, we talk about the news that you don't hear anywhere else here on Native Ritz Radio, and I want to hand it over to Ogama right now. And then after that, we're going to have Nancy Bolio of... Uh, MN350. So uh, welcome again, Ogama. Bonjour, Anian relatives. This is Ogama Ganuakwe from Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. We're a native-led show. We talk about native issues, environmental issues, and human issues Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Central on the Civic Media Network. What we don't talk about every day is something called a land acknowledgement. And uh, I would like to take a moment to read a land acknowledgement that was graciously provided to us uh, by Miss Nancy Bolio of MN350. We respectfully acknowledge that we live on the land of the Anishinaabe, Lakota, Dakota, and Ho-Chunk nations. They have lived harmoniously with these lands and waters for countless generations before the onslaught of colonization. Like indigenous peoples across the Americas and most of the world, they experienced genocide, ethnic cleansing, theft of their land and waters, and forced removal. Our ability to live, work, and enjoy this area is connected to their profound loss. We ask all in our community, including our governing bodies, to respect and honor tribal sovereignty, our self-determination, and to learn the true history of the lands on which we reside. We resolve to work with them to build a shared, sustainable future for all. Today, I want to talk about the Polymet Mine, also known as the North Met Mine, planned for the North Shore of Lake Superior in northern Minnesota. Currently, there is a dispute over the project that has made its way to the Minnesota Supreme Court, where the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency is defending its permitting process against allegations that it worked to conceal federal regulators' concerns from the public. What that means is that the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency was required to legally disclose all comments that were made on the project to the public, and they chose not to disclose the comments that they received from the Environmental Protection Agency, which is a federal agency. The EPA said that their permit, as it was written, may violate the Clean Water Act, and the MPCA specifically is accused specifically of withholding those comments from the public. The Minnesota Pollution Control Agency issued the first draft of their Clean Water Act permits for the open pit mine, uh, which is going to or which would extract copper, nickel, cobalt, and other valuable metals back in 2018. But those permits have been in legal battles ever since. We're now in 2022. And that's not just with environmental advocates like Water Legacy, Friends of the Mississippi, and others, but it's also with Native American tribes in the state of Minnesota because they argue that those permits will 
will not protect the waterways and that the uh, upstream pollution on those would affect and effectively um, destroy their treaty rights. This issue has been really ongoing and it really affects the Fond du Lac Lake Band of Lake Superior Chippewa and um, Water Legacy as well as Friends of the Boundary Waters and Friends of the Mississippi have been working really hard to uh, fight this, including taking it to the Supreme Court. Um, the comments from the Environmental Protection Agency were never published, and the state regulator should not have tried to avoid that scrutiny. According to uh, Paula McCabe, who is the attorney for Water Legacy, and as a result of the Freedom of, Freedom of Information Act, they have the documents, and the EPA said the permit would violate the Clean Water Act. If the um, she also added that if the MPCA had been forced to respond to the EPA's comments, the petitioners, meaning her and the Fond du Lac Band of Lake Superior Chippewa and others, may have prevailed to have a stronger permit that protects Minnesotans. They're hoping that President Joe Biden's EPA, the EPA under President Joe Biden, has not been able to make comments on this because it had gone through in 2018. And they're hoping that Joe Biden's EPA will be able to make its own comments as a result of this as well. Um, there's also um, the other part of the Clean Water Act permits the other part of this is that the Clean Water Act permits are not the only problems that Polymet has had with this project. The project's permanent permit to mind, uh, which is issued instead by the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, is actually awaiting a contested case hearing ordered by the Minnesota Supreme Court in 2021. So the EPA, again, a federal regulator, recommended that the Army Corps of Engineers decline and reissue a federal wet wetlands destruction permit in May, but the Army Corps has not yet made a decision on that permit. So their um, polymet is one of two of the very controversial, controversial mining projects that are supposed to happen in northern Minnesota. Um, and the other one is known as the Twin Metals Mine, which is near Ely. And it faces opposition from the Biden administration because of its proximity to the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. And the uh, Department of the Interior has revoked the leases on that project, uh, which relied um, on the last days of a prior administration that were, again, reinstated under the Trump administration, but were finally canceled in January of this year. So here at Native Roots Radio, we want to talk about these issues. These issues related to mining are really important. And uh, our water, our wild rice, our treaty rights, all of these things are at stake when we talk about things like these mega companies uh, coming in and uh, creating open pit mines. My understanding with this mining project is that it would create a massive miles long open pit mine along the northern shore of Minnesota. And from that mine, only like 1% of the materials that they would be extracting from that mine are actually usable. So when we talk about things that are sustainable, that does not sound like a sustainable practice. And that does not sound like something that the state of Minnesota and its waterways, especially so close to Lake Superior, are going to be benefited by, by really in the long term. 
Um, what I'm glad to see on this case is so far, uh, I haven't really heard too many arguments about the uh, job creation of the mining. Um, I think that most people in this day and age are starting to realize that uh, working in the mining industry is a dangerous industry and that it damages your health. Um, so that's not currently an argument that I've seen a lot of. I could be wrong on that, though. Um but I am really grateful to Water Legacy, Friends of the Mississippi, the Boundary Waters Canoe Area, MN350, Honor the Earth, all of the groups that have been involved uh, in some capacity at some point to help protect Minnesota's waters from Polymet and Northmet mines, as well as the Twin Metals mine near Ely. And we'll have more information on this uh, just as soon as we can, or uh, maybe perhaps as soon as the decision comes down from the Minnesota Supreme Court on either of those permits. I also wanted to take a moment to just quickly uplift MN350.org, who's a wonderful sponsor of Native Roots Radio. Uh, Nancy Bolio is on with us today. And uh, Nancy Bolio, if you don't know, is a frontline organizer, water defender, and uh, treaty rights activist. And she is a direct recipient of the MN350 Frontline Fund, as well as others. So if you would like to contribute to the frontline work of indigenous people, working to prevent and protect uh, water problems from happening here in Minnesota, go to mn350.org slash frontline fund slash direct, or you can go to mn350.org and right on the homepage, it'll, it'll tell you how you can give to support the frontline fund. If you like what you hear on Native Roots Radio and you appreciate the work that we do, we do ask in the spirit of giving as we come into the holiday season, if you would consider heading over to Native Roots Radio's Patreon at patreon.com backslash Native Roots Radio Network. Any amount that you could give as either a one-time donation or a recurring donation would go to directly support the work that we do here reporting on these issues and talking about these issues, getting guests to join us to talk about these issues on Native Roots Radio. Again, that's nativerootsradio.com, or excuse me, that's patreon.com slash Native Roots Radio Network. And if you would like to check out more about Native Roots Radio Network, you can find us on nativerootsradionetwork.com. We're also available wherever you get your podcasts on uh, iTunes, Spotify, and uh, the TuneIn Radio app. So you can tune in to us anytime on those apps. This has been Ogamaganuakwe for Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. Up next, we're going to have Nancy Bolio, Ogama with MN350. Uh, always a big crowd pleaser, and people love to hear from Nancy. <laughs> JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. We are your relatives. We are your relations. Brothers. Sisters. Sons. Daughters. And and some some of us are your grandchildren. We are your community. Historically, we held places of honor and respect. Because of the impact of colonization, some of us are rejected, thrown out from family, friends, and community, set up as targets for sexual violence, sex trafficked, humiliated, tortured, and murdered. Everybody has the right to be safe. We are your relatives. Remember, homophobia is not traditional. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition.
As we head towards colder weather, it's important to make sure you're up to date on vaccinations and protected from COVID-19. The Native American Community Clinic is now administering the updated Pfizer Bivalent Booster. The updated Bivalent Booster helps protect against the original COVID-19 strain and against newer Omicron variants. And it will help restore protection that has decreased since previous vaccinations. People age 5 and older are now recommended to get an updated bivalent booster dose at least two months after their last COVID-19 shot. That means the bivalent booster may be given after a person's primary series or after their last booster shot, regardless of what brand you received before. Even if you've already had COVID-19, you should get vaccinated. Right now, at the Native American Community Clinic, you can get COVID-19 vaccines, including updated boosters, at the same visit as other vaccines. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Hey, you know, we always love to uh, break bread and, and have a fire around the place here because we have Nancy Bolio on today. Nancy's with uh, Bemidji 350 and the mothership MN350 here in Minnesota, and we love to talk about what's going on. We talk treaties. We talk about the good things that uh, MN350 is doing, but also... Uh, we talk about water and protect, protecting uh, Mother Nature. So, uh, Nancy, Pinagigi for being on, as always. Right, and it's always a pleasure to be here again. I'm the Northern Organizer for Minnesota 350. I reside here on the Leech Lake Reservation. This is my homeland. And I just want to give a big shout-out to MN350 for uh, the continued support. And quite honestly, Robert, you know, um, they let us native folks here in Indian country define our own work because we know, you know, who our people are, what our communities look like and what our challenges are and um, what are the solutions. And so I want to, um, you know, remind our listeners and our allies far and wide that, you know, without the support of 350 and all of our listeners and the allies that spent on the front line with us or just, you know, maybe mailed in some um, financial support or some type of resource or skill that gave us way, you know, for the um, path forward to continue to win. Um, we're asking that they continue to support us by um, donating to Minnesota 350. Um, you know, end of the um, month last year, we we brought in some money for um, Give to the Max, but, you know, the work still continues and it's not cheap fighting, you know, big oil companies, Robert, and yeah. <laughs> some of these politicians. But, you know, again, you, uh, we, we need support in all kinds of different ways. So just, you know, give us a shout out, um, you know, in other spaces to some of your friends and relatives who might be able to help, you know, support this work and the Frontline Fund too, Robert. We need money there, right? Yeah, definitely. The Frontline Fund uh, does... We talked about this last week, but it's one of the purest forms of giving. I think there's no in between, and there's there's no um, really vetting out with a hundred people if these people are worthy. It's people are worthy, and you get one person talking about it, and and they get some money to to help fight uh, for clean water and clean air. Right, you know, and a lot of these folks on the front line, you know, um, they're really good-hearted people that do this because it's probably in their DNA. They have good hearts and they can really use our support. So it's things to help them be able to be there, you know, maybe might be a car repair or help with some type of event, or maybe they need some medicine, just all these little things that, you know, seem easy to get, but they're not really um, that easy to get because, you know, again, you know, most of our relatives were struggling, but this is one way that we can, you know, help our Native communities coming out of Native American Heritage Month. That, like I said, Robert, in the last show, um, 
giving forward and helping our, our, our native spaces, you know, supporting our businesses. There's so many ways that you can help us forge forward. And that's by um, giving or showing up. So I encourage, you know, people to go to our website, our Facebook page and uh, throw us some money. Um, <laughs> <here we go. laughs> love. Sometimes we just need, you know, a sister that knows how to cook, you know, when we're out on the front lines or, uh, just the whole space with us. And, you know, we were just talking about this um, last week on our way up to Ogama on this feed. Uh, it was a feedlot um, taking place in White Earth here. So they, the, the good thing is it's kind of on stall for a year. But we were talking about how this front line is so important because it's the people, for the people really doing the work, Robert. And um, that's who's asking for our support more often than not. You know, that kind of reminds me of maybe we should go back in the time machine because I, I get uh, sentimental about this time because uh, we'll be six years in January that Native Ritz Radio has been on. But, you know, and we both started a lot of our work during Standing Rock, and I know the show started because of Standing Rock. Right. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because just on my way home from the um, uh, basketball game, uh, I was talking about, you know, this director position um, with the or with the um, yeah the Minnesota DFL party here in Belcharmy County, I just today I threw my hat or my name in the hat, and it, it, you know it's a big step forward. But I really you know dialed back on my memory and how did I get to that decision to think that I could really show up somewhere like that? Well, when we went to Standing Rock, it wasn't just the fight for clean water, Robert. I realized um, it was a fight for our democracy, you know, not as Americans, but as Native people that, you know, we need to be heard because we're more often um, the forgotten people and our words often fall on deaf ears. So, you know, I think coming home from Standing Rock wasn't, you know, just about clean water. It was about defending our people and reminding them that we were still here and that treaties mattered. So um, coming home... I noticed on Facebook there was this um, DFL how to be a delegate, and I'm like, I'm curious enough. I'll go check it out. And Robert, let me tell you, it's been um, such an experience of a lifetime um, to represent our people in a party um, that usually um, doesn't look like us, right? You, you don't hardly see natives in the DFL, right? Right. And so um, we kind of stepped out of our own comfort zones. And I remember, I think it was Elizabeth Warren who says, if you're not at the table, you are what's being served. Yeah. And Shirley Chisholm said, um, um, if there's not a chair at the table, bring a folding chair. Yeah. And we kind of weave those together. And we just, you know, we just keep showing up. Yep. And, um, you know, back in um, May of 2022, our good friend Christian Taylor Johnson from Leech Lake went in drag to the DFL convention in Rochester, Minnesota, and we had a treaty resolution in hand. And we spoke for our people and for the treaties, and we got 91% of the DFL delegates to support the treaty resolution. Oh, yeah, that was, you know, it was it was one of the most powerful, inspiring um, weekends of, of the spaces that we hold. So we didn't go as DFLers, Robert. We went as treaty people within the DFL party. So, again, treaties are nonpartisan, regardless of what political party you belong to, what church you go to, how you self-identify. We're all treaty people. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, I, I had to make a visit to the Republican office, uh, <laughs> Robert. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, uh, they too need to be reminded that we're all treaty people. So, you know, our our presence within this party is treaty people. So we're working on a, a treaty delegation for the um, DFL State Convention 2020. Going to be in, right? It, what year, 2024, you just froze up a second. 2024, yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, the uh, presidential, presidential election, the uh, state convention. Mm-hmm. So our goal is to uh, rent space and be a treaty delegation at the um, state convention and, and be more um, visible than we have in the past two uh, state conventions. I've been at both of them. But our goal is to um, build on our delegation um, from, you know, different relatives throughout, you know, Minnesota that represent who we are and be part of that delegation and represent our treaties because our goal is to move them onto the action or from the action agenda to the main platform because treaties are supreme law of the land. So why not? Exactly. And, you know, I, I remember when treaties came up, not that they've ever gone away, but I remember saying, uh, not me saying, but other people saying, this is a brilliant way to bring up uh, our sovereignty and and what Native Americans need is to talk about these treaties. And I know it's interesting. Uh, I'm trying to get uh, Ho Chunk recognized in Minnesota, and we we're one of the 14 tribes that signed the treaty uh, that you speak of. So Ho Chunk's been here for thousands of years, and it's it's great to bring up these treaties. Right, and and I think you know. Um, what excites me the most, too, is moving some of the pieces of the work that we're doing at Minnesota 350 in regards to our treaties, like the Anishinaabe Treaty Alliance. It's a, We're, we're going to come together and, um, you know, educate our people of what those treaties were about and, and what they were meant for and what, what they mean to us today. And there's so much to teach. But once we build our own alliance, Robert, we want to reach out to other tribal um, nations and, and just build on that and build on that, you know, across Turtle Island. But there's so much work to do. But I think, you know, where we're at now, we're in a good spot. We just recently had a, a, a court win here, um, the White Earth um, Tribal Court back in yeah. July. But unfortunately, Robert, um, our non-native defendants in the Firelight case just heard from the judge last week and their motion for dismissal was denied. So they're looking forward to moving into trial. So again, you know, um, there's another place you can support is the Line 3 Legal Defense Fund because they're going to need continued lawyer support. And again, they're being resilient and courageous by not giving into any of those plea agreements because Robert we shouldn't have to make a plea in a treaty case because treaties are supreme law of the land and to admit to um, uh, a, a crime being committed is you know accepting this plea agreement basically that's what you're doing you're, you're admitting um, that you were unlawful under their court of law but Robert this ain't about that this is about treaty no. so um, you know our non-native defendants are, are holding strong and um, they're going to take this to trial so yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome you know um i think it, it's it's really important um and it's great to support our allies because they stand uh stand with us and behind us um let's talk more about you know the history of nancy bolio i think you know let's talk a little bit about that the next segment what do you think sure why not 
All right. Hey, this is Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and I'm here with Nancy Bolio of MN350. We're talking treaties. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. As we head towards colder weather, it's important to make sure you're up to date on vaccinations and protected from COVID-19. The Native American Community Clinic is now administering the updated Pfizer Bivalent Booster. The updated Bivalent Booster helps protect against the original COVID-19 strain and against newer Omicron variants. And it will help restore protection that has decreased since previous vaccinations. People age 5 and older are now recommended to get an updated bivalent booster dose at least two months after their last COVID-19 shot. That means the bivalent booster may be given after a person's primary series or after their last booster shot, regardless of what brand you received before. Even if you've already had COVID-19, you should get vaccinated. Right now, at the Native American Community Clinic, you can get COVID-19 vaccines, including updated boosters, at the same visit as other vaccines. However, if you've received a recent monkeypox vaccine, you may need to wait four weeks before you can get a COVID-19 vaccine, and you should discuss this with your provider. Schedule your vaccination appointment with the Native American Community Clinic by calling 612-872-8086. Hey, Kudigi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, this is Robert Pilot of Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. I'm here to ask you for your support. Finding honest, Native-centered news is not easy. But with your support, we're able to provide accurate information about Standing Rock, Line 3, treaty violations, and COVID-19 in our Native communities. Please visit Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon and donate if you can. That's Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. Pinigigi, and thank you for your support. Cafe Latte offers made-from-scratch soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. So come check out their pizza and wine bar, or get a treat from the bakery made fresh daily. Plus, you can still do online ordering and takeout, along with gift cards. Just go to CafeLatte.com and choose from their ever-changing selection of award-winning salads, sandwiches, and soups. Cafe Latte is located off Victoria and Grand and online at CafeLatte.com. We at AM 950 wanted to offer more thank you gifts for the great listeners who have become members. Brand new for 2023, AM 950 has the new National Parks poster featuring photos I took at the National Parks. Members who sign up for a one-time $99.50 membership or a recurring $25 per month membership will receive the brand new AM 950 National Parks poster and the AM 950 2023 calendar as a thank you. Go to am950radio.com, click on the tab, and become a member now. Thank you so much for supporting AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Tis the season to be jolly, and nothing makes me jollier than a clean home. If you just had Thanksgiving at home, you're probably still assessing the headaches your holiday company caused to your carpets, tiles, and maybe even the upholstery. And now you have less than a month before it's going to happen all over again. Call Zero Res today and ask for the AM950 special and free room Zero Resify for just $119. That's a $50 savings. And don't forget those air ducts. Take another $75 off your air duct service to get them zero res clean. Also, are you looking for last-minute gift ideas? Give your loved ones a zero res gift card to spread the zero res clean cheer. 
Call 952-ZERO-RAZZER. Visit ZeroRazzMinnesota.com to schedule your appointment today and beat the holiday rush. Bestly, now is the best time to book Zero Res for your year-end office cleaning and get you ready to provide your employees and patrons a clean and safe environment for 2023. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Uh, this portion is brought to you and supported by MN350, a grassroots organization organization fighting for climate justice, and I love that tagline. Well, we're here with Nancy Bolio of Bemidji 350 and MN350, and we ta- we speak every Tuesday on, on things that matter to us here in Minnesota and all across Turtle Island. So welcome back, Nancy. Well, it's always a, a, a great place to be here on Native Roots Radio, you know, and I can't stress it enough, you know, uh, making a call out to all of our relatives that there's, you know, so much more good work to do. And I think, you know, looking, you know, ahead into 2024, Robert, I think, you know, some of the work that I've been doing have actually, you know, kind of paved the way for more of our relatives to come in. And not just the work I do, it's like, you know, all of our sisters and relatives and our allies that are really stepping it up and running for office and, and defending the things that are important to us. We as a people um, need to rise and we need to do that. Um, more importantly, after, you know, we've seen some of these, you know, these acts of hate, you know, that we're hearing on the news. And it's like, we have to change it by electing officials that, you know, that care about the safety and well-being of all Americans and all people and all living things. So, I think, you know, um, part of my growth at Minnesota 350 and coming out of Standing Rock was to really step out of my comfort zone and learn how to navigate my way through this, the system that's been designed to hold um, us back. And so, you know, we, we, we need to be in these spaces as much as people want to say, well, this is a colonized space. But in reality, this government adopted our form of government. Yep. We were diplomatic before they all got here. Yep. You know, and we were voting before the Europeans showed up. We were just doing it in our own kind of way and and, and our clan systems. But we were diplomatic, you know. And so I think, you know, just, again, I I don't blame our people for not showing up because the system has really beaten us down in so many different other ways to hold us back. And, you know, which reminds me, Robert, I want to read this really quick because it means... I think when we ask people to come forward and, and hold these spaces with us, we have to remind ourselves and i have to remind myself more often than not that a lot of our people need healing still you know and how how would i expect them to show up and you know uh be okichida when they're just trying to survive that day you know um i think um the um ojibwe poem is you know a good poem where you know reminds us of why we have to learn how to take care of each other in a better way. So I'm just trying to find it here if I can get to it really quick. Um, well, I, while, while you're doing that, I just want to remind everybody, you know, how Native Americans go about this and, and, and what we learned and uh, what I've ta- what's been taken, what I've taken with me uh, since the Standing Rock days is that we're pay- prayful peaceful and of course treaty people and that's how we move in every every uh way we can that's how we move and um and that's what i've learned and it's been a it's been a great lesson over the years nancy right and you know and that's how exactly how we want our case at um on line three uh 
again, we reiterated, it wasn't a no alliance, a protest camp. It was a treaty encampment and we were exercising our, our freedom of religion. We were protecting our culture, protecting the sacred and, and, and those rights are protected under the treaty. And, and those are who we are, you know, that's our culture we're defending and, and that's what our ancestors fought for. So, um, you know, I think uh, being peaceful and nonviolent, um, you can win with love. Absolutely. And, yeah, and we, we that was our story at Camp Firelight that, you know, standing with our allies. And, and um, again, it takes, there's two parties to an agreement and a treaty is an agreement. And so our non-Native people are the other treaty people. And we have to remind them that they have an obligation. So um, I think if we do that with love and, and um, continue to do that in peace, people are, are, are really catching on and saying, you know what? I think something's good here. Yeah. And, there is. And so, um, but I think, you know, when I think about our relatives and, and sometimes I feel bad because I understand the, the struggling they're going through and, you know, um, the day-to-day thing. Um, I was there myself, Robert. Absolutely. We all yeah. been there to some right. degree or another, right? Right, right. And, you know, and, and, and so um, I never want to forget about our relatives and I, and I, I wanted them to remind them too, but it, in a good way that coming into this space is sometimes healing itself. And we've seen that happen at Standing Rock. And, you know, personally too, I think um, I I was missing my purpose in life, Robert. I wasn't grounded with our teachings. I wasn't grounded with my purpose. And um, because of simulation, I kind of got lost. And so I think this, this space that I'm in now, um, again, I want to thank, you know, Andy Pearson for reaching out to me and dragging me into this this kind of work because <laughs> I don't think I'd be here even talking to you right now, Robert, or doing some of the things that I do. And long story short, uh, sometimes being strong and and finding your purpose is healing. It's, Absolutely, were you know, able to find that, Nance? Yeah. So it's the Ojibwe poem and its grandfather. Look at our brokenness. We know that. In all creation, only the human family has strayed away from the sacred way. We know that we are the ones who are divided, and we are the ones who must come back together to walk in the sacred way. Grandfather, sacred one, teach us love, compassion, and honor, that we may heal the earth and heal each other. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot in this this poem here, and... What stands out to me the most is that we may heal the earth and heal each other. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we are part of the earth. We're part of uh, earth and sky. And um, as people, we're, we have unique DNA, uh, that more, most unique DNA than anyone in the world. And we've been here for 10,000 years. Right, Robert. And, you know, we don't have property rights. We have relationship rights. That's who we are as Native peoples. We don't view property as being mine. Like, you know, so we don't have property rights. We have relationship rights and because, you know, we're all related. So I think when we um, move forward, you know, into the future, when we think about uh, some of these court cases, we're going to um, remind the judge that we have relationship rights. We, we have uh responsibility to the fish and the and the ones that fly and swim we have to protect them too when we have an obligation to them as well not to 
just each other as people, you know, or to our bank because we owe for our car and we're obligated to show up. But, um, yeah, so I think, you know, if as, as Native people, if we can really think about what could make us feel better. Yeah. And, and it's not a 40-hour, you know, pay, you know, capitalistic kind of lifestyle and out shopping. And, yeah, that's all good, too, Robert. But, again, it's also we create too much garbage. And so there's there's always a better way, you know. Again, back and, to Christmas gift-giving, Robert. We right. got We got to start doing that different, too. Well, I'm still wait, waiting for a gift from you. Um, so I'm excited to wait for that. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, I know how you know. I always have to sneak one in there, so um, that'll be my surprise. So, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, instead of you know going out and buying something, you can always give a skill, go cook for someone. Maybe you know a handicapped friend that really needs a deep clean in their apartment. Right. You know, those are things that can go a long way. Matter of fact, I'm donating a little bit of time tomorrow to a friend who has a sore back that can't even take care of the litter box. Yeah. And that's, Robert, that's brag, community. That's community, Nancy. But here's the thing, Robert. I always brag that I have four cats and no litter box. And guess what I'm going to do tomorrow? Clean the litter box. Because I care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, we got a few more minutes here. We got like two more minutes here. And and uh, I, I alluded to this before. And I'm wondering if you could just tell in the last couple minutes here of this segment, your story uh, from Standing Rock. Oh, yeah. So um, I was a nursing student at the time. I'm going for my LPN. And, you know, um, I guess Standing Rock, I, I, I was captivate, captivated by the courage and the love. And, you know, it was just so much. And so... I kept watching and kept watching. Next thing you know, one day, Robert, I'm packed and I'm ready to go. And it went. And it was there that um, I found my own strength. I, I was 49 years old, headed off to Standing Rock, thinking, what could I do? I mean, I'm half broken already. I'm 49. And um, I wasn't sure, but my, my heart compelled me to go. And um, I went. And, you know, that very... Next morning, we were called to the front line, and I was with the, um, the Red Lake um, front line camp in Ogichidaw from Red Lake Nation, Minnesota. I mean, yeah. Anyway, um, we got called to the front line, and I, and I was kind of shaken and scared going up to the front line and uncertain of what was going to happen. Robert, when I got there, and all the strength of everybody else I realized I, I didn't even have any fear, Robert. You know that strength in numbers? When you stand together, you don't stand alone. You become fearless. Yeah. And I, I still think about that moment. And it's like, wow, I, I don't know if going to Standing Rock could even be where I'm at today because I faced my fear. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, um, because of the uncertainties, um, they live with fear and, and, and sometimes it holds us back and that's okay. Cause we're only human. But I, you know, again, that was stepping out of my comfort zone and saying, if I don't, who will? Right. And I think, you know, if we all started thinking that way and started leaning in on each other and building community and helping us heal each other, mm -hmm. 
you know, and, and being those pillars of a community is really, you know, what um, defending our treaties and our way of life looks like. And, you know, what excites me too, Robert, mm. is, um, you know, the um, the EPA just announced last week to protect tribal reserved rights and clean, you know, for our clean water um, and best practices. And that's the huge news. That's a big step forward. And so I think next week we should talk about that a little bit more. Exactly. Hey, you know, the opposite of fear is faith. And I think that's what you're talking about. Um, when you we can, I can't. And as a group and a collective, uh, we can overcome anything. And I think that's, that's a good way to, to think about it, Nancy. Why don't you hold, can you hold on? We're going to do, we're going to take another quick break and then maybe just talk a little bit more to, and end up the show. What do you, th- what do you say? Do it. All right, right on. Hey, this is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm with Nancy Bolio of MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. We'll be right back. Hey, Wendy, what are we doing for dinner after the show? How about we go to Jay Selby's on 169 Victoria Street in St. Paul. They have a delicious plant-based menu that's compassionate and environmentally sustainable. I'm getting their spot-on vegan Big Mac, the dirty secret. You can pick up and they deliver within a five-mile radius, or you can call them at 651-222-3263 or visit jselbys.com. Well, you sold me one. Let's go order at Jay Selby's tonight. I'm hungry. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Mincher helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Mincher? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Mincher.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org. mnsure.org. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake. And this portion of the show is brought brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting uh, wolves for future generations. Oh, good one, Nancy. And I'm here with Nancy Bolio, and she's holding on here for another segment here. And we want to talk a little bit about, you know, her history, but also where how it's brought her to where she's at now and, and talk a little bit about that, Nancy. Um, thanks for hanging on again for another segment. Uh, always fun and interesting to talk to you. Well, right back, you know, Robert, back to my story from Sandy Rock from the 49 year old <laughs> backseat shaking in her shoes. You know, I, I never imagined, you know, we'd be that 
the state convention or I'd be on an occupation for eight days in a, in a ditch camp for another three weeks, you know, never imagined any of that. And, you know, I have, um, honestly built relationships with tribal elected officials, you know, Minnesota, you know, elected officials, local, <laughs> it's, um, again, you know, something we have to do, Robert, at all these places, there's always a table. And most of the time, us everyday people aren't invited to these tables. So I think, you know, moving into a lot of the work I do, it's about building relationships. And so I think, you know, showing up at the DFL has really kind of opened the door to us, what we can do here in Northern Minnesota. As we all know, um, uh, you know, the Northern Minnesota tribes are in this congressional district eight, um, Senate district, or two thing, and we didn't do very well, Robert, when it came time to vote. Right. Yeah. Um, and why is that? Do you think uh, not enough natives voting, or too many, uh, too many Republicans up there? What What was one of the problems? You know. Well, yeah, that's true. There's too many Republicans up here, but I know there's a lot more of us than them. So we we have to um, figure out what went wrong. And uh, I think working in the last two elections, I, I know what went wrong. You know, first and foremost, um, they want to throw us tons of money just maybe a couple of months before elections. Say, hey, get out the voters. And it doesn't work that way no more. You know, treaties do matter. And I think, you know, looking um, to the last 500 years where our, our, you know, our words have been dishonored, the treaties, everything. And so we're in a position where uh, most politicians fail us. Not all, but most party ever really did anything for our people so it's up to us to assert uh, assert ourselves into these positions of you know colonized uh, framework where we are being heard and so that's why i think it's important that you know not just being on the front line um it's also engaging in local state and federal governments and to remind them that we're still here. So it's about, you know, finding a place at the table, creating legislation, um, charters, you know, that's on a local matter, but really um, I think what I'm after right now is for more local change because Beltrami County is surrounded by Red Lake, Leech Lake and the White Earth Nations. And um, we're not treated very good here, so we're working really hard to change that. But, uh, again, it's um, a matter of stepping it up and coming out of my comfort zone and, and running for, um, you know, positions that I would have normally never done before. You know, this director position at uh, Beltrami County DFL, it's not because I want a title. It's not because I don't have anything better to do. It's because I know in these last two elections what went wrong and this colonized approach to reaching into our communities and building power collectively um, has to be looked at and from our lens and not from a colonized, well, let's hire some non-native canvassers to get out there. You know, we shut the door on them, Robert. We don't want them knocking on our door. <laughs> and, and most importantly, when we were up door knocking this last time for our, our midterms, people care about the issues not so much the, the candidate. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not spending enough time leaning in on these communities, building trust. And, and you know, there are great candidates out there. But most often than not, our Native people don't even understand these uh, elections off the reservation, the primary, the midterms, <laughs> the general election, let alone, you know, 
for the candidates. Right. They and can- a lot of a lot of tribes too don't vote in their own tribal election too, small percentage. So there's apathy and also I th- I think one of the things too that you do as uh MN three fifty and also you as a person is to um follow through not just those two months of throwing money at at the our our canvassers and and trying to get the uh vote out for natives but we we keep the politicians in check and we we build relations you know and and if they're not doing what they're doing i know phone calls work they listen nationally if you're calling your uh senator or calling somebody about something specific they listen Right. You know, I just thought an announcement from the Biden administration, the EPA last week says something that speaks volumes, you know, because it didn't come out of nowhere by itself. It's just so many people across Turtle Island bringing voice to our treaties and the right to clean water. And and I think, you know, when we think about holding our our local elected officials accountable, but, you know, it's building that relationship and that trust and respecting our differences and but what we really want to work on moving forward um, into 2024 and beyond is not getting X amount of votes for X amount for X candidate. We're trying to build people power, Robert. Yeah. Well, to say it's us showing up and, and making our vote matter and, and holding these uh, candidates, their feet to the fire to, you know, but there's so much more we could be doing collectively. And I think, you know, if we build power around our treaty, our treaties, um, there's so much more we can do moving forward. And I think that's why I continue to do the work that I do because I've seen so much good progress already. And this is from one small group of people in Northern Minnesota, but everyone has their story across Turtle Island. We see the winds happening in so many other places too. Yeah. You know, and one of the things too, this is the first time in the history of voting that Gen Zers generation outnumbered, the old people like me, I'm a, I'm a uh, boomer and um, that's great to hear. So there there's people are listening and getting engaged. And I think you're, what you're talking about getting our, our relatives engaged up there is a, is a good thing. Right. And, you know, we're actually excited about um, doing just that and actually leading in. So, you know, some of the communities that we were door knocking into, we told them we'd see him in spring, Robert, because we really do want to see him again. We don't want to wait till um, November 2024 to see him. Right. We wanted to start that now. And we, we build power by supporting each other and, and leaning on each other and, and finding that um, sense of healing and that sense of purpose. And I think, you know, given these opportunities that are, um, you know, supported by our allies and 50 guys, because it's, where some of the good work happens and su- supporting what we do um, kind of lights our fire, Robert, and it keeps us going. So, um, again, we're building power, people power. Uh, absolutely. Hey, uh, let's get the website again and then uh, let's talk uh, just real quick. And then so people can send get going on the frontline uh, fund and, and um, help out our relatives that are really fighting with you. Right. You want me to find the link and put it on there or? No, just say it. Oh, just go just to MN three fifty. Yep, Minnesota MN MN three fifty dot org, or find us on Facebook at MN three fifty. And um, yeah, just help us out any way you can. Um, every little bit helps, and even a skill or uh, another type of resource, it's all good, Robert. Um, we all give in our own ways. 
Right on. Hey, Peeny Gigi and Nancy for stopping in and doing the hard work here uh, all over Turtle Island and coming in and and uh, firing up the troops because I know everyone that listens to you every every day that you come on, we get so many great comments. Oh, just, I'm so glad to hear that. And it's the truth. Hey, if you're listening to this show, you are part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops. The ground in which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, or run for office. Again, thank you for Nancy Bolio, Ogama. We'll be uh, seeing everybody real soon. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Free Leonard Peltier now. Yeah.